Chapter Twenty Seven of The Precipice by Ivan Goncharov, translated by M. Bryant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Raisky found himself between two fires. On the one hand, Tatiana Markovna looked at him as much as to say that he probably knew what was the matter with Vera, while Vera's despairing glance betrayed her anxiety for the moment of her confession. He himself would have liked to have sunk into the earth. Tushin looked in an extraordinary manner at Vera, as both Tatiana Markovna and Raisky, but most of all Vera herself, noticed. She was terrified, and asked herself whether he had heard any rumour. He esteemed her so highly, thought her the noblest woman in the world, and, if she were silent, she would be accepting his esteem on false premises. He, too, would have to be told, she thought. She exchanged greetings with him without meeting his eyes, and he looked strangely at her, timidly and sympathetically. Vera told herself that she must know what was in his mind, that if he looked at her again like that, she would collapse. He did look at her again, and she could endure no more, and left the company. Before she went, she signed secretly to Tushin to follow her. "'I cannot receive you in the old house,' she said. "'Come into the avenue.' "'Is it not too damp, as you are not well?' "'That does not matter,' she said. He looked at his watch, and said that he would be going in an hour. After giving orders to have his horses taken out of the stable, and brought into the yard, he picked up his silver-handed whip, and, with his cloak on his arm, followed Vera into the avenue. "'I will not beat about the bush,' he said. "'What is the matter with you today? You have something on your mind.' She wrapped her face in her mantilla as she spoke, and her shoulders shivered as if with cold. She dare not raise her eyes to him, as he strode silently beside her. "'But you are ill, Vera Vasilyevna. I had better talk to you another time. You were not wrong in thinking I had something to say to you.' "'No, Ivan Ivanovitch, let it be today. I want to know what you have to say to me. I myself wanted to talk to you, but perhaps it is too late for what I have to say. Do you speak?' she said, wondering painfully how and where he could have learned her secret. "'I came here to-day,' he said as they sat down on the bench. "'What have you to say to me? Speak,' she interrupted. "'How can I say it to you now, Vera Vasilyevna?' said Tushin, springing to his feet. "'Do not make me suffer,' she murmured. "'I love you.' "'Yes, I know it,' she interrupted. "'But what have you heard?' "'I have heard nothing.' he said, looking round in amazement. He was now for the first time aware of her agitation, and his heart stood still with delight. She has guessed my secret and shares my feelings, he thought. And what she is asking is for a frank, brief avowal. You are so noble, so beautiful, Vera Vasilyevna, so pure! An exclamation was wrung from her, and she would have risen but could not. "'You mock me! You mock me!' she said, raising her hands beseechingly. "'You are ill, Vera Vasilyevna,' he said, looking at her in terror. 
Forgive me for having spoken to you at such a time. A day earlier or later makes no difference. Say what you have to say, for I also desire to tell you why I have brought you here. Is it really true? He cried, hardly knowing how to contain his delight. What is true? You want to say something else, not what I expected, she said. Speak, and do not prolong my sufferings. I love you, he repeated, if you can grant what I have confessed to you, and I am not worthy of it. If your love is not given elsewhere, then be my forest queen, my wife, and there will be no happier man on earth than I. That is what I have long wished to say to you, and have not dared. I should have done it on your name-day, but I could no longer endure the suspense, and have come to-day on the family festival on your sister's birthday. Ivan Ivanovitch, she moaned. The thought flashed through his head like lightning that this was no expression of joy, and he felt his hair was beginning to stand on end. He sat down beside her and said, What is wrong with you, Vera Vasilievna? You are either ill or are bearing a great sorrow. Yes, Ivan Ivanovitch, I feel that I shall die. What is your trouble? For God's sake, tell me. You said that you had something to confide in me, which means that I must be necessary to you. There is nothing I would not do for you. You have only to command me. Forgive me my too hasty speech. You too, my poor Ivan Ivanovitch. I can find neither prayers nor tears, nor is there any guidance or help for me anywhere. What words of despair are these, Vera Vasilievna? Do you know whom you love? He threw his cloak on the bench and wiped the sweat from his brow. Her words told him that his hopes were ruined, that her love was given elsewhere. He drew a deep breath and sat motionless awaiting her further explanations. My poor friend, she said, taking his hand. The simple words filled him with new sorrow. He knew that he was in fact to be pitied. Thank you, he whispered. Forgive me, I did not know Vera Vasilievna. I am a fool. Please forget my declaration. But I should like to help you, since you say yourself you rely on me for a service. I thank you for holding me worthy of that. You stand so high above me. I always feel that you stand so high, Vera Vasilievna. My poor Ivan Ivanovitch, I have fallen from those heights, and no human power can reinstate me, she said as she led him to the edge of the precipice. Do you know this place? she asked. Yes, a suicide is buried there. There, in the depths below the precipice, your pure Vera also lies buried, she said with a decision of despair. What are you saying? I don't understand. Enlighten me, Vera Vasilievna. Summoning all her strength, she bent her head and whispered a few words to him, then returned and sank down on the bench. Tushin turned pale, swayed, lost his balance, and sat down beside her. Even in the dim light Vera noticed his pallor. And I thought, he said with a strange smile, as if he were ashamed of his weakness, 
rising to his feet with difficulty, that only a bear was strong enough to knock me over. Then he stooped to her and whispered, Who? The question sent a shudder through her, but she answered quickly, Mark Volokov. His face twitched ominously. Then he pressed his whip over his knee so that it split in pieces, which he hurled away from him. So it will end with him too, he shouted. As he stood trembling before her, stooping forward with wild eyes, he was like an animal ready to spring on the enemy. Is he there now? he cried, pointing with a violent gesture in the direction of the precipice. She looked at him as if he were a dangerous animal, as he stood there breathing heavily. Then she rose and took refuge behind the bench. I am afraid, Ivan Ivanovitch, spare me. Go! she exclaimed, warding him off with her arms. First I will kill him, and then I will go. Are you going to do this for my sake? For my peace of mind, or for your own sake? He kept silence his eyes fixed on the ground, and then began to walk about in great strides. "'What should I do?' he said, still trembling with agitation. "'Tell me, Vera Vasilyevna.' "'First of all, calm yourself, and explain to me why you wish to kill him, and whether I desire it.' "'He is your enemy, consequently also mine.' "'Does one kill one's enemies?' He bent his head, and seeing the pieces of the whip lying on the ground, he picked them up as if he were ashamed, and put them in his pocket. I do not accuse him. I alone bear the blame, and he has justification, she said with such bitter misery that Tushin took her hand. Vera Vasilyevna, he said, you are suffering horribly. I do not understand, he went on looking at her with sympathy and admiration, what you mean by saying that he has justification and that you bring no accusation against him. If that's the case, why did you wish to speak to me and call me here into the avenue? Because I wanted you to know the whole truth. Don't leave me in the dark, Vera Vasilyevna. You must have had some reason for confiding your secret to me. You looked at me so strangely today that I could not understand your meaning and thought you must already be informed of all that had happened, and could not rest until I knew what was in your mind. I was too hasty, but it comes to the same thing, for sooner or later I should have told you. Sit down and hear what I have to say, and then have done with me. She explained the situation to him in a few words. So you forgive him? He asked after a moment's thought. Forgive him, of course. I tell you that I alone am guilty. Have you separated from him, or do you hope for his return? There is nothing whatever in common between us, and we shall never see one another again. Now I understand a little, for the first time, but still not everything, said Tushin, sighing bitterly. I thought you had been vulgarly betrayed, and since you called me to your help, I imagined that the time had come for the bear to do his duty. I was on the point of rendering you the service of a bear, and it was for that reason that I permitted myself to ask boldly for the man's name. Forgive me, and 
now tell me why you have revealed the story to me because i was not willing that you should think better of me than i deserve and esteem me but how would you accomplish that i shall not cease to think of you as i have always thought of you and i cannot do otherwise than respect you a gleam of pleasure lighted her eyes only to be immediately extinguished you want to restore my self-esteem she said because you are good and generous you are sorry for a poor unfortunate girl and want to raise her up again i understand your generosity ivan ivanovitch but i will have none of it vera vasilyevna he said kissing her hand i could not esteem anybody under compulsion if i give anyone a greeting in the street he has my esteem if he has not my esteem i pass him by i greet you as before and because you are unhappy my love for you is greater than before you are enduring a great sorrow as i am you have lost your hopes of happiness he added in a low melancholy tone if you had kept your secret from me and i had heard it by chance even so my esteem for you could not have been diminished for there is no duty laid on you to reveal a secret which belongs to you alone no one has the right to judge you the last words were spoken in a trembling voice which made it clear that he also was oppressed by the secret the weight of which he desired to lighten for vera i had to tell you to-day when you made your declaration to me i felt it was impossible to leave you in ignorance you might very well have answered me with a categorical no but since you do me the honour vera vasilyevna of bestowing your particular friendship on me you might have gilded your no by saying that you loved another that would have been sufficient for me for i should never have asked you who and your secret would without doubt have remained your own he pointed to the precipice and collecting his whole strength whispered a misfortune although he tried with all his might not to let her see how disturbed he was he was hardly able to speak clearly a misfortune he repeated you say that he has justification that the guilt is yours if that is so where does justice lie i told you ivan ivanovitch that my confession was not necessary for your sake but for mine you know how i esteem your friendship and it would have caused me unspeakable pain to deceive you even now when i have hidden nothing from you i cannot look you in the eyes tears stifled her voice and it was with difficulty that tushin held back his own tears he stooped and kissed her hand once more thanks a thousand thanks vera vasilyevna i see that an affection for another has no power to lessen your friendship for me and that is a wonderful consolation ivan ivanovitch if i could only cut this year out of my life a speedy forgetfulness he said comes to the same thing how can i forget and where can i find the strength to endure its memory you will find strength in friendship and i am one of your friends 
she breathed another air for the moment conscious that there was beside her a tower of strength under whose shadow her passion and her pain were alleviated i believe in your friendship ivan ivanovitch and thank you for it she said drying her tears i already feel calmer and should feel still calmer if grandmother she does not yet know anything of this he asked but broke off immediately in the consciousness that his question involved a reproach she has guests to-day and could not possibly be told but to-morrow she shall learn all farewell ivan ivanovitch my head aches and i am going back to the house to lie down tushin looked at vera asking himself how any man could be such a blind fool as volokov or is he merely a beast he thought to himself in impotent rage he pulled himself together however and asked her if she had any instructions for him please ask natasha she said to come over to me to-morrow or the next day and may i come one day next week to inquire whether you are better do not be anxious ivan ivanovitch and now good-bye for i can hardly stand when he left her he drove his horses so wildly down the steep hill that he himself was in danger of being hurled to the bottom of the precipice when he put his hand out as usual for his whip he was not there and he remembered that he had broken it and threw away the useless pieces on the road in spite of his mad haste he reached the volga too late for the ferry he had to stay in the town with a friend and drove next morning to his home in the forest End of chapter 27